welcome to the Non-Gendered Fitness Podcast, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Non-Gendered Fitness, the home of queer fitness and health, previously known as Fearless Movement Collective. Now here's your host, Bowie Stover. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 76. My name is Bowie Stover. My pronouns are they, them. I am stoked to have you join me. This show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded, and I pay my respect to elders past, present, and emerging. In this episode, friends, we're going to be continuing on with our look at important things you need to know about your body. This episode, we're going to explore muscles, particularly how our body grows muscles. Because one of the most common things I hear folks say when they start training is they don't want to, quote, fingers get bulky. I freaking hate this kind of training myth that resistance training equals bulk. It doesn't. So I'm going to be breaking down how muscle growth actually works and why weight training doesn't actually mean you're going to build bulky muscles. Now, full disclosure, I'm geeking out a little with this stuff today. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit um, a little bit technical with some of the, the kind of breakdown of our muscles because I think it's really important that you kind of get this understanding. Now, as I mentioned, the reason that I want to share about muscle growth this week is because of the frequency that I have people share with me that they they don't want to train if they're going to get bulky. They don't want to resistance train. I should be specific there. Resistance training meaning like lifting weights or plyometrics, which is like your, your ballistic movements, jumping and stuff like that. So I'm breaking down muscle growth for you because when we're able to understand our bodies and how they work, not only are we able to look after them better, but we can build our confidence in the way that we train and that helps us reach our goals. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) And this is super important because our ability to understand our bodies can be really motivating. I can't tell you how many folks I train or have trained that always want to know why they're doing a specific movement or using a specific weight or doing a certain amount of reps during training. Because this why, this wanting to understand why they need to do this thing or why this thing is happening is super important. And that happens in this case with muscle growth as well. Now, the answer I usually give folks when they ask me these questions is generally kind of the same answer. It's because to gain a particular spot response from our muscles, we need to do very specific things. Now, I've shared a bit a bit about this back in episodes 22, 24, and 26, where we looked at understanding how training works, looking at endurance training, looking at strength training, looking at muscle uh, mass training or mass gain training. So I have explored a little bit about kind of what you need to do to get these outcomes with training. And I'm going to link to those episodes in the show notes, or you can listen to them wherever you're listening to this episode. I have no doubt. (laughs) So if you want to check those out, 22, 24, 26, if you haven't listened to them, or if you want a refresher, 
they are a great place to go to kind of get that understanding of what each style of training actually does for our bodies. Because our bodies respond differently to the different ways that we move them. And it's it's never really discussed. It's always this very simplified conversation that I hear from the fitness industries like train. If you want to look like this, you know, insert generic picture of cishet white guy in a pair of board shorts with no shirt on with a terrible fake tan, you know, and they're kind of lean and like that fitness model look, you know, if you want to look like that old matey over there, then you know, come to us, we'll help you. But it doesn't really explain how someone comes to look like that or what the process is. And I wanted to go deeper because that generalization gives a lot of misinformation about what training can actually do for our bodies because there's so much more to it than just looking like some fake tan douchebag in board shorts. It goes far deeper than that. And depending on how we move, has huge influence on how our bodies will look. And I want to explain what training actually does to your muscles, because I think this is hugely important to help really break those crappy stereotypes of, that you see around that are very much pushed by the fitness industry or by trainers who also like to generalize people into you are this you are this person you are this age you are this assigned sex you're going to want to do this and it's like that's just not true but i digress <laughs> let's shift it back to muscles and off my dislike for the fitness industrial complex <laughs> because muscles are pretty complex they aren't just made up of single, like long strands of muscle tissue, like like strands of hair. Uh, I mean, they, they kind of are, but they're a little bit more complex than that. I want you to imagine that every muscle is actually made up of lots of tiny little sections of muscle fibers that are all bundled together and connected end on end on end for the entire length of every muscle in your body. And these little fibers all bundled together, these individual little fibers are called myofibrils. And each of these little myofibril sections is encased in what is called a sarcolomar. These, these words are, you don't have to remember them, it's okay. <laughs> if you want to look them up, all this is going to be in the show notes. So all these myofibrils are encased in this casing that is called a sarcolomer, and this holds all those little bundles together. And now these sarcolomers, in turn, are all held together within tissue called endomysium, which is connective muscle tissue that surrounds our muscle fibers. Now each individual little strand of bundled sarcolomers and connective tissue are referred to as fascicles. Now these fascicles <laughs> are encased in the paramecium, which is more connective tissue that connects muscle bundles together. And finally, all of these muscle fibers and bundles are surrounded by even more connective tissue that's called the epimecium. And this is what holds all of our muscle tissues together and it helps keeps each of our muscles in its appropriate form. Yeah, that might sound a little complex. So it's kind of like, imagine this. You've got your fingers, right? Look at the fingers on your hand. Now, each of your fingers is a little bundle of myofibrils. 
which are like muscle cells. So each finger is a little myofibril, right? Now you're gonna take, look at both hands here, you're gonna take your little myofibril fingers and you're gonna stick them in mittens. And now these mittens are just like the sarcolemma tissue. They surround our myofibrils, they keep them contained, they protect them and, you know, they make a nice little cluster there. Now you're gonna take both your hands, your little, your little sarcolemma hands here, you're going to put them together, like face them palm together, that's fine. And then you're going to get an even bigger mitten. And you're going to put that over the top of your two already mittened sarcolemma hands. Now, this big mitten that's over the top of both of your other two mittens, your sarcolemma hands, that holds them together, that big mitten over both, that's fascicle. Right, so it's encasing your myofibrils, which is encasing the sarcolemma, and they are a fascicle. Now, you've got your little fascicle hands here. Imagine if you were to place these little fascicle hands into an even bigger mitten again, and there were lots of other people, all with their own little fascicle mitten-bound hands, all sticking their hands into this giant mitten as well, kind of parallel with each other. This final giant mitten with your little fascicle hands and everyone else's little fascicle hands, this acts just like the epimysium, which is what holds all of those little muscle bundles together. So you can see a muscle tissue is not just a single thing. It's like layers in layers in layers of connective tissue that holds little bundles together, which holds more little bundles together. And this is what gives our muscles their strength. That there's, they're like layered and layered and layered. And it's those layers that help to keep everything together and to help us generate force. Muscles are pretty fascinating things when you kind of start to look at them. And when we contract our muscles, meaning we shorten them, what we're doing is actually getting all those little myofibrils. So remember, and myofibrils are like our fingers, getting all those little myofibrils to slide over each other. And they glide. And this is what generates force. It happens at such a small kind of microscopic level. We can look at like uh, our arm and we could perhaps focus on our bicep, which is that front upper part of your arm there. And you think that it's just like one big lump of thing. But you bend your elbow and bring your hand to in front of your shoulder and it's all those tiny little muscle fibers that are inside the whole body of that muscle there that have made that action happen. Mind-blowing. <laughs> because it's not, it's not just one big movement. It happens with all these tiny little contractions on such a small level. It's amazing. And that generates force. That is what propels our bodies forwards when we run. Those tiny little micro contractions in the myofibrils. They help us walk, stand upright. Everything that we do is based on these little, little, little contractions of these tiny little muscle fibers all working together. And when they all work together and they all contract, that's how force is generated. It's like mind-blowing stuff. Bodies are incredible. <laughs> just be me. Now, within all of these bundles, because when you thought it couldn't get more complex, our muscles, with all these bundles that they are, 
are made up of three, generally, generally it's thought of as three different types of muscle fibers. So even though we have like a little myofibrils, those myofibrils are made up of different types of fibers. I know you're like, what? Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> We're getting into it. <laughs> so we have our type one muscle fibers. These are our slow twitch muscles. We have type two A, they are fast twitch oxidative muscle fibers and our type 2b which are fast twitch glycolytic muscle fibers the plop does that all mean don't worry i'm about to tell you <laughs> so our type 1 slow twitch muscle fibers they produce the least amount of muscle force but they are the most fatigue resistant and these are used for endurance activities a lot of our postural muscles the muscles that our bodies use to hold us upright for like extended periods of time they are slow twitch type 1 muscles because they need to be able to last. They can't get tired. Imagine if your neck just gets tired and your head just flops to the side because the muscles just get too tired to hold your head up anymore. No, these slow twitch muscles, these type 1 muscle fibers, they are they go on forever. They're like little energizer bunnies. Like always, always they're just going to keep going and keep going and keep going because we need them to. And they're also, as I said, really good for endurance activities. Now these muscles also, these muscle fibers, I should say, these muscle fibers have the smallest diameter. So muscle size is not based off length. It's based off how kind of thick around they are, their diameter. So our type one slow twitch muscle fibers, they're the smallest muscle fibers that we have. Then we have our type 2A, our fast twitch uh, oxidative muscle fibers. Now, these have uh, produced the most amount of, um, not the most amount, they produce uh, the, the most balanced amount of force to um, fatigue resistance. So they're kind of like that mid-range mid kind of muscle fiber. They don't last as long as our type 1 but they last for a bit. Um, these muscle fibers can sustain force for a pretty reasonable amount of time. And these muscle fibers allow us to work at high intensity for longer. Uh, they are our type 2A uh, oxidative muscle fibers. They are our second biggest type of muscle fiber. And then we have our type 2B, which is our glycolytic uh, fast twitch muscle fibers. Gosh, it's a mouthful. <laughs> These produce the most amount of force. These are the muscle fibers that are all about power generation, but they have the least amount of endurance. They get fatigued really quickly because force generation requires a lot of energy. So the more force we produce, the more energy we consume. And these muscles don't last long, but when they are working, they are the producers of the most power. And these muscle fiber types are used for explosive force activities, things like jumping or sprints uh, and powerlifting and weightlifting, stuff like that, where you need that really big generation of force. They are type 2B fast twitch muscles that are going to be doing that. And these are our biggest muscle fibers that we have. Uh, diameter wise, they are the thickest. So I hope, I hope you're still with me here. <laughs> now that we have a bit more of understanding of our muscles, because they're complex and they're not just this blob of 
fleshy stuff on you. There's a bit more to them. Let's have a look at how growing them because we needed, I wanted you to understand kind of the types of muscle fibers and how that all worked to then be able to look at how we grow them because this is really connected, right? Because depending on the type of training that you do, it will influence the type of muscle fibers that you develop. So remember, these are the type 1 slow twitch, the type 2A and type 2B, which are both those fast twitch muscle fibers. And that's really important and it's something to be mindful of because when we train in whatever style we're training in, it is what is going to develop those muscles in general, depending on the activities that we're doing like at any point in time, is going to depend on the volume of a particular type of muscle fiber that we have. So say you're not overly active, you might not have a high volume of those type 2B, those force generating muscle fibers, because you're not doing the things that stimulate them. And that's quite relative to each of us individually, dependent on how we are active and things like that. Now, when we train, the way that muscles actually grow is by developing tiny little micro tears that are generated by resistance training. So what resistance training is essentially doing is kind of on a microscopic level, traumaing our muscles. It produces all these tiny little tears. That's that soreness that you feel when you've done a, like a training session. Uh, that it's maybe like a heavy training session or if you've just trained for the first time your body's like really sore all over and like you touch your body like with your legs or your arms and stuff you're like oh it hurts they have microscopic tears in your muscles that's why they hurt <laughs> and every time we train with resistance training or with a form of training that generates that trauma and we get those microscopic tears that is the basis that we need for muscle growth to happen because what our body then does, it's like, shit, my muscles are all trauma and I'm going to go and fix this. So it draws on the tissue around it and it produces protein to fill those little tears in the muscle and it fills up those gaps. But that, that filling of the gaps uh, that we've made, that, that those micro tears in the muscles, it increases the thickness of our muscle fibers and it increases the volume of our myofibrils. Remember those little, those little, um, our finger myofibrils that are like where all of our movement comes from. When we, when we cause those micro tears, that protein synthesis fills in those tears and we get muscle growth because our muscles thicken. And remember our muscle size is based on thickness, not on muscle length. So the thicker we make our muscle fibers, the bigger our muscles get. Now, over time, this process is what causes muscle growth it's just this continual habit of tearing the mu muscle tissue at these microscopic levels it's different from like a muscle tear where you like slip and like strain something and end up with an injury that's a different type of muscle tear because that's generally a big tear not these little tiny microscopic ones that our bodies can recover with, from within a few days so it's good to know the difference there. Muscle tears aren't necessarily good for you if you've had an accident or an injury or something like that. But when it's from training and it's in this controlled way, this is how we develop muscles. This is what we need for muscle growth. These tears stimulate all these chemical and hormonal responses in our body, which leads to more muscle because our muscles get thicker. Now... 
what this means in regards to gaining muscle mass is that if you're training your body with a focus on muscle endurance, you're going to be developing or slash maintaining a higher volume of those type 1 slow twitch muscles. Now remember, they are our smallest type of muscle fiber. And aesthetically, it means that you're likely to stay pretty lean and toned muscle-wise. So you're going to be able to go for ages because they're the, we're developing those muscles that really last, those slow twitch endurance muscles. And when we train for endurance, they're the ones we're targeting. Now, if you train with a combination of endurance, uh, aerobic or like cardio training and moderate to high intensity resistance training, you're more likely to develop those type 2A fast twitch muscles fibers as well as some of those type 1 slow twitch because you have that endurance element so you're going to be focusing more on that combination now training with this combination of endurance aerobic and moderate to high intensity resistance training this is going to build some muscle mass it's going to happen but it is likely to be leaner muscle mass than um, any other because it is that combination of type 1 slow twitch and type 2a fast twitch muscles and they are not though the biggest muscle fiber that we have remember our type 2a muscle fibers they're our second biggest so when we train like that we are going to grow some muscle it's going to happen but it's not going to be that big bulky muscle that you see it's just not it's not possible but if you're training with like one max reps or focusing on heavy lifts and power movements, so like um, power lifting or also um, plyometrics, which is like those explosive jumps. Like you see the people do those really cool things where they stack those boxes up really high and then they jump from the ground right up onto those. Yeah, like it looks really cool. <laughs> but the muscle fibers used there, they are type 2B, our fast twitch muscle fibers for that really explosive force. So when we're training in these ways, when we're going for our one max reps and it's all about power, that is when you're going to develop those bigger type 2B muscle fibers. And these are the muscle fibers that will tend to develop into that much bulkier muscle because they are the biggest muscle group we have. And when we look at building muscle mass and we reflect on kind of what practices we've, like we've just touched on here that influence the different types of muscle fibers, we can see that building muscle mass is all about developing more of those type 2B slow twitch muscle fibers, those big our biggest muscle fiber type and it's targeting them by going for those heavier loads and those lower rep ranges and that's how mass gaining works so there's that correlation there and essentially it means that if you're not training like that you you're just not going to build that bulk not that you're not going to build muscle mass because you will I actually also need to note that I guess bulk is subjective because what one person might see as bulk another person won't and it's also important to take into account that <laughs> our build will influence uh, the, the uh, thickness of our muscles, as in 
because when we have shorter limbs, the length that our muscle has to span is less. So it can tend to have muscles that do look a little bulkier. And I've used myself as an example before, and I'm going to again, because I'm a little bit long and noodly. I've got long arms, I've got long legs. <laughs> and because of that, I've always found it challenging to build that bulkier muscle because the span that my muscle has to cover just to go and attach say from my shoulder down to my elbow there for my biceps that's a long way but if I was shorter and I had the same amount of muscle mass I'd probably have much bulkier looking arms so there are some individual factors that do need to be taken into account here and also some people do tend to naturally have more of certain muscle fiber types than other people so genetics can also play a part there are a few factors here but training does play a big part in what we develop and how we develop it and it's really important to remember that because just because you train with weights doesn't mean you're going to get bulky yes <laughs> also to take into consideration is uh, hormone levels. You see, the higher your testosterone levels are, the more muscle mass you're likely to build. This is because research is suggesting that high levels of testosterone actually increase protein synthesis, which is that process where our, our muscles recover, fill in those little micro tears, grow bigger muscles. <laughs> now, this does not mean that you're just going to gain a whole bunch of muscle if you have higher levels of testosterone. That's not how it works either. <laughs> you do still have to train in these particular ways that I've mentioned above to achieve significant gains in whatever area, whether it's in your slow twitch muscles, if you want to be an endurance athlete, or if you want to be a bit more of a well-rounded, quote your fingers on the well-rounded there, because I think that's subjective, but have a more, more, maybe more even balance of slow twitch and uh, type 2A fast twitch muscles. So you can be a bit more like a, a, an endurance athlete, but have some muscle mass there, but not be bulky. It, it all comes down to the way you train. <laughs> so I just think it's really important to remember that there's this myth that as soon as you start lifting weights, you're going to gain bulk. And it's simply not that true. And I hope that having having got like gotten a bit of a breakdown on how our muscles even work, that you can kind of understand that a little bit more. Oh, now, thanks for sticking with me. <laughs> Let's go over what I've talked about today. Firstly, we looked at what muscles are and how they are made up in our bodies, being those little bundles of myofibrils encased in connective tissue, which is also connect encased in connective tissue, and then add some more connective tissue. <laughs> then we had a look at the different types of muscle fibers that we have in our bodies, which are those type 1 slow twitch muscle fibers, which are our endurance muscles, our type 2A fast twitch muscles, which are the muscle fibers that kind of, they form a bridge for our bodies to be able to perform aerobic and high intensity activities as they produce a reasonable amount of force and can sustain endurance for like a, a re pretty reasonable amount of time. And then we have our type 2B fast twitch muscle fibers, which produce the highest amount of force, but have the lowest endurance capabilities. Finally, we had a look at how different types of resistance training develop each of these different types of muscle fibers. That is the key thing to remember here. It's all about 
how you train. Which, in conclusion, is, as I mentioned before, why resistance training in general is not going to make you bulky unless you're trying to. <laughs> now, you can find all of these details in the show notes. Everything's going to be there. If you enjoyed this show or you know other folks who might enjoy this episode or any other episode that I've done, I would love it if you would share it with them, help get the word out to them. Maybe it can teach them something great about their body or help affirm them just with where they are. If you have any questions about this episode or you'd like to learn more about how we may be able to support you, you can go to our website, www.nongenderedfitness.com. You can send us a message there. You can jump in and try out one of our trials or just jump in and start training with us. It's all on the website. Check it out. If you don't want to go to our website though and you prefer social media, you can go to find us on Facebook at Fitness or Instagram, which is where we're most active by going to nongenderedfitness at the handle non underscore gendered underscore fitness or me, Bowie, as the dot no dot t dot nb. Yes. And for next week, remember that our bodies are amazingly complex and each of our bodies responds differently to the activities we practice. And it can be easy to get caught up generalizing physical responses to training, but in reality, it's not that simple. So feel good about exploring how to move and don't be scared off by fitness myths. Have a rad as day, pals.